chapter fifteen of order number eleven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org order number eleven by caroline abbott stanley chapter fifteen when hearts are young the select readings proved a boomerang miss abby was hardest hit of all for it settled irrevocably the question of next year grand prairie did not propose to pay for this kind of thing even miss abby saw that after her conversation with colonel trevilian he took her in his carriage to kansas city where she was met by her brother dr cheever had gathered enough from her letter to fill him with dismay such ill-judged zeal he sighed to himself why will they do it dr cheever's principles were identical with miss abby's but they were tempered by judgment and tact i regret this exceedingly colonel he said as the two sat together in the parlor of the old gillis house if i had only known she contemplated such a thing i think i could have forestalled it but i knew nothing of it whatever i can't wonder at all that your people should have felt just as they did but i trust sir that it will make no difference in my own relations with yourself and your family which i assure you have been among the most pleasant of my life he was so earnest in saying it colonel trevilian said in reporting the interview that i could not doubt the man's sincerity i believe he is genuinely attached to us they were all out on the porch and gordon was watching virginia as she listened to her father he would have given a good deal just then to have had his finger on her pulse i think i'll write to him and give him a special invitation to come and see us this summer said mrs trevilian just to show him that we don't bear this up against him do mother cried virginia and gordon's spirits fell he hardly believed she cared for this new englander but true love is ever self-depreciative and fearful of the possible miss abby was not the only one hurt in the recoil of her weapon public censure fell heavily on lois chandler the affair was much talked of in the neighborhood and in a way that brought the girl into undesirable and most unjust prominence it was such a bold thing for a girl to do they said anything might be expected from one who had no more sense of propriety than that but then what could you expect from a girl raised as lois chandler had been etc etc its effects were farther reaching than anybody would have dreamed possible it is a great pity for a young girl particularly one as pretty as lois chandler to be held up before a community as bold the trevilians who knew how innocently she had been led into it had constantly to take up the cudgels in her defence beverly raged inwardly at the position in which she was placed but said nothing he knew he would say too much if he said anything but gordon lay with his strict love of justice was outspoken in her behalf 
particularly to mollie driscoll saying more than he had meant to say about her sweetness of disposition her simple-heartedness and other charms mollie always provoked one to take the other side rather violently and mollie having the retentive memory that sometimes goes with a small soul and a limited discernment of motives did not forget his words if beverly did not say much it was not for want of feeling it had been in his heart when he came back this summer to try to introduce lois into the merry-makings that he knew they would have as he had thought over it in virginia it seemed an easy thing to do if they knew her as he did they would all see how different she was from her father and her surroundings and when the curtain had risen that night on lois as the lady rowena looking so stately and high-born in her blue satin gown and accepting so graciously the casket from virginia's hand as though it were her right his heart throbbed with exultant pride and hope they would all see now that she would grace any assemblage any home he thought with a quickening of the pulse this would make it easier for they could not fail to see if he could only once get lois in he felt no fear that she would not be able to hold her place he would get the boys to help him gordon would he knew and he and gordon could pretty nearly make things go their way on grand prairie and he recalled with a smile the time they had set out to make rene taggart a bell and succeeded of course they did that in fun but there was no reason why it could not be done in earnest when he thought of the girls he was less confident girls were queer one never knew what stand they would take the only thing you could count on was that they would hold it when it was taken well he would try to bring virginia over to his side if virginia and sally would only take her up it would be all right but this was before the select readings now he thought gloomily that was all over they had a gay time that summer on grand prairie and the heart of it was at keswick for liddy merriweather was visiting virginia from lafayette county and tom caruthers had come on from virginia to spend the summer with his missouri kin then ma delano and a friend came out from independence to spend a month and they had a house-party most of the time Caroline was busy enough now to have satisfied even miss abby and there seemed little probability that any of mrs trevilian's five hundred chickens would reach the winter market sally and virginia and mollie driscoll were through school now and the emancipation was thorough girls did not take themselves very seriously in the fifties that is to say in missouri perhaps they did in new england even then in the south a girl's young ladyhood was her time of florescence nobody expected fruit then but what a beautiful flowering it was sometimes gordon lay wished that virginia did not have so many summer friends and thought with regret of the days when they had roamed along the creek banks and gathered pawpaws he felt this specially after tom caruthers came tom was virginia's cousin of course and it was natural enough that he should be fond of her it was not strange that anybody should for that matter but the depressing part of it was that virginia also seemed fond of tom and what any girl could see in tom caruthers 
gordon was riding home from colonel trevilian's alone sally was going to stay all night with the girls and he was glad of it he said to himself savagely sally's chatter was enough to tire a man out he gave damon a sudden touch of the whip which was meant figuratively for garrulous females but was taken as a personal affront by damon who was a strictly silent male and resented this misapplication of rewards and punishments now the real cause of gordon's discontent was not sally at all but virginia she has the most confoundedly cool way of disposing of everybody he ejaculated i had made up my mind that i was going with her to that barbecue and let tom caruthers go to thunder when what does she do but whip in ahead and say gordon liddy doesn't like to ride horseback suppose you and brother take the two girls sally and liddy in our carriage tom and i will ride that's the way it always goes this summer tom and i always ride i'll be glad when it's time to go back to transylvania there's no use hanging around here at this very moment sally was saying to virginia as she took down her hair and combed out the abundant auburn tresses virge i thought i'd die when you headed gordon off you knew he intended to go with you i know that young man is just raging let the heathen rage quoted virginia i reckon i don't belong to mr gordon lay he'd like for you to said sally then she added doubtfully at heart she was very loyal to her cousin virge do you really care anything for tom caruthers yes virginia blew out the candle and jumped into bed i'm dead in love with him he's so much more polished than the missouri boys tell gordon i said so he would rage then sure enough tell him sally and see we'll watch him at the barbecue and they whispered and giggled and plotted wickedly until colonel trevilian knocked on the floor of the room below they knew that meant stop this was in the summer of eighteen sixty the independence girls went home after a while but liddy had concluded to stay another month sally and gordon being but a mile away a sextet was always available and they certainly did have good times in spite of gathering war clouds and the muttering of thunder virginia and sally and liddy had hardly caught the rumble of the storm yet but the boys had they were men now and when they were not off with the girls they were on the porch listening to colonel trevilian and dr lay the two old friends were much together that summer it was a time when man sought counsel of man the very atmosphere was charged with foreboding and it made one restless to be alone almost every afternoon dr lay could be seen ambling up the road from the trevilian big gate then the colonel would call for a mint julep and over the cracked ice and the savory infusion they would discuss the situation men were doing it all over the land that year and nowhere with more vital interest than in missouri mrs trevilian and miss nanny would bring out their work sometimes and listen not saying much but promptly aligning themselves where their sympathies naturally led them sometimes mrs trevilian would look at her husband with a quick warning glance but the doctor never took offence i tell you sir cried colonel trevilian one day bringing his fist down on the broad arm of his porch chair if lincoln is elected it will split this nation in two the south will never submit to such an indignity the south may not be able to help herself replied the doctor quietly you don't expect the north to sit by and see the union disrupted 
and say nothing do you there are not men and money enough in this nation sir to subjugate the south it will be a sorry day for her when the issue is forced the south can't compete with the north thrice armed he is that hath his quarrel just his host returned but look here colonel and then the straw would all be threshed over again and mrs trevilian would go into the parlor where the young people were and try to throw off the depression brought on by such talk maybe it won't come after all she would think looking at the three stalwart young men so full of hope and the joy of life but if it should come would mothers hold them ah what targets they would make for rifle balls then there would be a burst of laughter or the merry chatter of girls voices with an occasional note of bass and she would put it all from her and enter into the spirit of the present saying to herself oh no it won't come i'm very foolish such rollicking times as they had there were picnics over on the sny and fishing parties on little blue and what did it matter that these streams were far away the ride was the best part of the picnic anyway especially the one home in the gloaming when the sun had just gone down and the heavens were filled with the glory of his passing and they rode with bated breath and laughter hushed through the light that never was on sea or land then there were riding parties when the whole neighborhood of young people would congregate a score or more at some appointed place and forming a procession would sweep over the prairies at a gallop with jest and laughter and ringing shout the very prairies over which in two years night birds would be scurrying and hostile bands hunting each other to the death ay when even among this care-free crowd would be hunter and hunted may god be thanked for an open present and a hidden future they did not race often but sometimes they did even this for in the veins of many on that prairie ran the kentucky blood it is a thousand wonders there were not more accidents for the girls wore riding habits with skirts down to their horses heels the longer the better and would have been as helpless in an accident as a babe in swaddling clothes it was on one of these occasions when the blood of the old fox-hunting squires got the better of their discretion that gordon saved virginia from a frightful death virginia never forgot that moment in which she lay in his arms more perhaps thoughtless girl for what it revealed to her than what it saved her from this was the way it happened she and tom caruthers gordon and a girl from lexington who was visiting molly driscoll had started ahead of the others for a race virginia as usual offering the dare and being in the lead the four swept past the other couples and were going at what seemed to the lexington girl frightful speed when gordon saw a broken girth swing out from the horse in front of him that horse was rob roy there was no time for warning no time for anything he gave damon a stinging blow that put him alongside of virginia's horse the girl swayed with a white terror-stricken face she realized in one awful moment what had happened and what it would mean with all that mad troop behind at that instant gordon dropped his bridle reached over caught her in his arms and lifted her to his horse's neck he was a powerful fellow and quick to think the riderless horse dashed on both horses did in fact for damon had not recovered from his indignant astonishment at a blow but virginia was safe in gordon's arms 
when the others came up the two were on the ground gordon silently patting damon's neck and virginia trying to think how it happened by jove it was the neatest thing i ever saw done tom caruthers exclaimed with genuine admiration i didn't know a thing had happened till i saw virginia spirited to your horse's neck why it was like the rape of the sabines he wrung gordon's hand and said warmly as virginia and the lexington girl talked in unison trying to tell each other how they felt my dear fellow i can't begin to express don't try interrupted gordon rather coldly any man would have done the same and it wasn't necessary for them to tell each other how they felt with virginia's horse still galloping in the distance and her saddle in the dust behind them there was nothing for her to do but to get up behind gordon who had the only horse that would carry double and be conveyed to the nearest house which fortunately was dr lay's there he could get her a new mount and they could proceed with the party or go back home as she wished i believe i'll go back home virginia said mag you tell them i'm all right but i want mother then tom took virginia's foot and lifted her up behind gordon and gordon buttoned his coat and damon acted like sin and virginia had a hard time to hold on and was nervous anyway and gordon kept saying hold tight virge i don't know what makes him act this way they reached dr lay's at last and while gordon saw to the horse and sent a man back for the saddle virginia told the story to sweet gentle mrs lay and sally's mother mrs devereux it was god's mercy my child said mrs lay solemnly i don't know virginia said softly i think it was gordon to sally next day she said suppose it had been dr cheever instead of gordon i hardly think god's mercy could have saved me then and sally who was unusually sober for her replied maybe it was god's mercy that put gordon there the two rode home to keswick a little later when the stars were coming out one by one and the great golden disk of the moon was just appearing above the horizon it was rather a silent ride both hearts were full they could not talk just now of commonplace things nor laugh and jest they had not quite emerged from that shadow of averted death and gordon could feel her in his arms yet End of chapter fifteen